up, everyone? Thank you here. How are we doing today on this Friday? October 9th. Uh, we got a big show today. We've got, uh, got some fantasy football. We'll go later on. Talk about some uh, sleeper picks, you know, what's going on in the fantasy world. You know, see what happens. And uh, we'll go over all that stuff. Then we got uh, some local sports on uh, Sunday night. We got the Giants uh, 49ers going on. Uh, we'll preview that game a little bit. And uh, more importantly, tonight we have uh, the MLB playoffs, and we got game one, New York Mets versus Los Angeles Dodgers. It's going to be a great game. Um, a lot of you guys, New Yorkers, anyone in New Jersey, have been looking forward to this for a while. I mean, the the Yankees won in 2009, yeah, um, sporadic playoff appearances from here and there. But I'm sure the Yankee fans are going to be watching um, – Met fans, you know, are are probably ecstatic right now. I mean, every time every time one of my team goes into playoffs, I become a giddy little co- a child, and it it becomes great because I feel like I feel like a kid again. And when they start doing that, I'm I'm just I'm just ecstatic. All right, when football comes around, baseball comes around, the playoffs. Now you got this whole month of October coming in, and you got. The Mets going, the Giants looking significant, uh, the Jets three and one. I mean, it's it's a good time. It's a good time for New York sports right now. It's a good time to talk about it. Um, I think your phone calls at three four seven nine eight nine zero six three five. If you want to call in. Um, <clears throat> other than that, uh, we're going to start with baseball today, and uh, you know, hopefully get to your calls in a little bit. But as first, we got the matchup of Clayton Kershaw versus Jacob Degrom. Now, this is going to be great. It's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be low scoring. That's what you want. You want it to be low scoring today. You really do. Because you want to have yourself a chance when that L.A. Dodger bullpen comes in and you can you can do some damage. When you can do some damage on their bullpen and get Kershaw out, out of the game, that, and that's really what you want. But you know what? Last year – in the seventh inning, he is he he really starts to decline. I think the pressure starts getting to him in the seventh inning, and he he just I don't know he just starts getting lazy with his pitches. Uh, maybe he's a little fatigued. Uh, I don't know what happens to him, but you want him to stay in the game, throw as many pitches as he can, get to that seventh inning, and if the game is close, one nothing, you know, two one somewhere around there. If you can even scratch a run off of him, I mean, he's been lights out. I mean the the Dodgers have the, the one-two punch that no one in baseball has, and it's going to be tough. But if you can hold him off with minimal minimal damage, DeGrom, he, like I said, he's got to stay focused. He has to stay focused, throw strikes, get those easy outs, don't make any bad pitches, and don't let it go over his head. He really got to take in the atmosphere, all right? He's got to take in the atmosphere, and he's got to pitch well. He's got to let the crowd zone it all out. He, you know, got to remember something. DeGrom's a baby. He's grown up now. He's grown up in the playoffs. And a lot of people start to do good when they grow up in the playoffs, you know? So, um, example, Madison Bumgarner, his rookie year, he grew up in the playoffs, World Series. Then two years later, another World Series. Then last year, what he did in the World Series was unbelievable. I mean, that's a, that's a performance for ages, you'll see, for ages. So, we got a lot to go. We got a lot to go over. I'm going to take a call and see um, – See what you guys are thinking out there. See if you guys, uh, you know, have anything to say. See how excited you guys are. You know, 
see what you guys are thinking. So uh, we'll go to the phone calls. Here you go. Hey, caller, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Big Rick? How you doing, buddy? Yeah, just talking about the Mets, man. Uh, you know, I, I hope they do good. I, personally, I'd rather see Harvey starting, but, you know, that uh, agent of his, Scott Forrest, is like a, uh, it's a disease to baseball. Oh, well, you know what? I agree with that. This Boris has – he's not ruined it yet, but he's getting close to making this guy think he's above and beyond everyone else on the staff. He should be starting game one. I agree with you there. He should be starting two times in the series because that's who you want. And he's got the experience. I mean, DeGrom has a little bit uh, more uh, – a little less experience, but Harvey, you want out there. You know, the, the Mets fans believe in Harvey, regardless of what he does off the field. You guys believe in, in him, and you want him out there. You want to see him do good. You want to see him succeed. All the off-the-field stuff is negated as soon as he steps on that mountain and he starts doing good for you guys. Yeah, and I don't mind about his off-the-field stuff, but the innings count and stuff like that. I mean, come on. If he wants to be this generation's Tom Seaver, man up, pitch game one, and if you have to, you come back in game five and you win it and you become the hero of the match. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. He can he can definitely get back to the fan base with just one great outing in this in this playoffs. And then who knows? Who knows? He might he might start this game on game three. And then the next series say, you know what, coach? You know, depending on what kind of layoff they have, I want to go game one. And I'm gonna fight for that game one spot. And if he fights for that game one spot, you know, then he's going to be pitching. He can go three times if he's if he's a warrior and he wants to win and he wants to show New York that he's going to be there. He might go three times in that series just to prove to the uh, fans that he's ready and willing and able to to, to play for the, the Mets. You know what I mean? Yep. If he wants to be the superhero the media has made him out to be, that's what he's got. To I, I agree. I agree with you. All right, buddy. Thanks All for right. the call and good luck tonight. You guys, you, you a little nervous or or what? Uh, a little bit, you know. And then your Jets got my uh, head coach fired last week, but that's okay. I don't mind that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I think you won. I think we did a service. I think we did a service to the Miami oh, Dolphins okay. last week. Let's hope so, and uh, hopefully November 29th they'll uh, hand you the service back, bud. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see you going to that game. All right. Uh, oh yeah, I, I got tickets for my son and stuff. Me and my son for his birthday. Well, good luck. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I might be at that game, too. Maybe we'll meet up or something. Uh, sounds good. We could have a couple of beers together. I yeah. will talk to you another time, brother. All right. I'll see you later. Thanks for the call. You guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. So, you know, we got – the Mets fans seem to be almost skating around, like, the, the nervousness and, and what's going on in New York right now. I mean, a lot of a lot of people haven't – really called in yet and and we, we want to get that going a little bit today and we want to see i want to i want to get a feel for what's going on in in your minds and and how long how long this has been a wait and the, the the heartbreak in 2006 and 2007 i mean you guys have to be have to be like foaming at the mouth now for me when i watch my team in baseball it, it was it was seven years since they got into the playoffs and then they went there and they won and they had a scrappy team they they had a scrappy team, and they had to fight for everything. They had to fight for everything they had. Every pitch, every every swing, you're on the edge of your seat, and you guys can't wait for this. I, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. You know why? Because this is what this city needs. This is what you guys need. You guys have been a loyal fan base, aside from the fact about the payroll issues in the past, past of the Mets. Um, they had to, you know, 
it took a little time. I guess they had to get their their feet from under them and, you know, really really get underneath them and, and start with a good, solid foundation. And, and that's what they did. Uh, you know, you had Paul DePodesta getting the, uh, the the scouts going. Uh, I mean, this staff is, 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 is great. I haven't seen a, a young pitching staff like this in a while. And you guys can do some serious damage in the playoffs if you really wanted to. You can, you can actually get to where you want to go. And this series, you know what? He has bad games, Kershaw. He does have bad games. Okay, when he has bad games, that's when you guys got to take advantage. All right, this is it. He hasn't proven anything in the playoffs. Nothing. So when he has, when he doesn't prove anything, last year he, I mean he, he was pitching great up until the seventh inning, and then he just fell apart. You have to get to that point. Degrom has to stay focused. Degrom has to be. You know what? He, I always thought he was your number two. I really did. But he, 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 he's in the shoes now. He's ready to go. So let you know. Let's go to Grom. So let's show us. Show us what you got. See what kind of lineup he puts out there tonight. See if he put uh, where he, where he places people. You know, see who he starts, who he doesn't. Um, Terry Collins, to me, he's a he's a decent manager. He's nothing special, but he's not the worst manager. At managerial, if I had to rate the managers and and see who who was going to win based on managers, I would have to go with the Mets. Mattingly is just awful at managing. He, he was a great baseball player, don't get me wrong. His career ended a little short. Maybe he has a little uh, you know, anger from leaving the game too early and then winning the World Series afterwards, but he needs to uh, start letting the players play. They're here to play the game, and that's what they're here to do. Let them play. Don't overmanage. And and same thing with Terry Collins. Terry Collins has this you know, he, he, the way he takes out people and the way he manages the the on-field game as it goes on is is a little suspect. He he needs to start, you know, just letting them play. Let let the ball players play. That's what they get paid for. You sit there, you make your changes when you feel needed, but not all the time. So, as a as a from a manager standpoint, the Mets have the edge by far. They have the edge. So you just got to let Don Manley. Get get to a point where he needs to make a decision and let him bury himself. If you guys do that, you'll be fine. Let him bury himself. Let him take his, game, his team out of the game, and he'll be gone next year, and then, you know, we won't have to worry about this. Um, as far as pitching-wise goes, regardless, they have the best one-two combo in the game. You can't argue that. You can put anybody you want out there. I mean, any pitching staff against them, they, they have the best one-two punch. So they have the best one-two punch. I'm giving them – on starting pitching, it's going to go to them. But now here's the big if. The big if. The Mets could be just as lethal as them. DeGrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, if they're on their game, when you go to the three-man rotation, one, two, and three starters, one, two, and three starters on each team, when you go to those, the Mets have the advantage. If you're talking two in a five-game series, everything points to the Dodgers. I'm sorry. You're going to be facing – Kershaw twice, Granky once. I mean, if if they're on, they're on. You're not winning the series. You get this game one, which is the most important game of the series. It's going to tell you everything. You go there, you come out a winner. It's going to be fantastic for the New York Mets fans and and New York in general. You have to have to go in there. Um, <clears throat> lineup wise, they have a strong lineup. They do. They have speed. They have power. Um, they have a little bit of everything. They're very well-balanced. The Mets are not so much well-balanced. 
but they get streaky. And what I mean by that is when the Mets get hot, no one's beating them. No one's beating that lineup. No one's shutting it down. When Cespedes is on a roll and he makes everyone else click right, Duda, uh, Granderson, when everyone starts clicking, they're lethal, man. They are very, very lethal. And they're ready to go. They are ready to go. So you got to see what what lineup's going to show up tonight. Um, lineups, I, I, I'm, the Dodgers have gotten no hit twice this year. Twice. They're not, you know, they're not the great. They're not murderers row here. All right. We can beat them. We can beat this team. Very simple. Pitch good. Shut them down. Easy outs. And what's the most important thing in the playoffs? Defense. You see it so many times. Over the, I've been watching closely the playoffs the last five years. And so many of these games are won by, by errors and, and just, People not playing and fielding the balls correctly. It's it's crazy. I see these balls coming and little Texas leaguers, little dribblers, and they're throwing them away, hitting off the side of the glove. You have to make these plays. If you make these plays, you're going to be great. You're going to win. You got to make the easy routine plays. The hard plays, like I said yesterday, the hard plays are the hard plays, you know, you got to have to field them and hope for the best. Someone makes a nice play, they make a nice play. Throw the man out. Get him out. You know, tandem relays from the outfield. Hit your cutoff, man. All that fundamental baseball has to be applied tonight for the Mets to be successful. Uh, we're taking your calls at 347-989-0635. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. We'll be right back.
right, we're back. Um, taking your phone calls at 347-989-0635. Talking about a little Mets playoff game one tonight. Um, talking about some matchups. Get everyone going. Uh, everyone's excited about tonight, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the bar scene's going to be packed in uh, in Jersey and New York. You know, I feel they're going to be uh, all excited, ready to go. Everyone's hearing that crowd noise, getting ready to go. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to be watching just like everyone else. Um, we got some – got just got a text saying uh, Kershaw – going to go game one and four uh cranky two and five if there is a five which is very possible i it's going to be rough if they do that um i don't see cranky going again um if, if, if it even goes to game five maybe maybe not um but it, it's definitely a possibility i mean it's it's playoff time it's do what you ever whatever you can do to win the series so you know now you have Degrom, who's a, who's a, a two-game starter in the series and you can have Syndergaard as a two-game starter in the series, which is, which is fine. But you want Harvey there. You really do. You really want Harvey there. Um, you want him pitching as many games as possible. And he should be. He should. He should be. Uh, Off-field stuff. Not really worried about it. Not really worried about it. Uh, the playoff baseball takes care of itself. When when you start winning in New York, as everyone's seen, you can do no wrong. Uh, you can do no wrong. You can go out there and, you know party with people and, and, and just hang out and everyone loves you. You go to a bar, you, you're known everywhere. No one, no one, no one ever says anything. This whole, <clears throat> this whole fact that, you know, people are upset. People are, they're not upset. Harvey, you go out there, you pitch a good game. Everyone's going to be back on a bandwagon. Everyone's going to be riding, riding right behind you, getting splinters all in their butt, man. I'm telling you right now, you just go out and do your thing. Game one, pivotal, pivotal game one. We got to see what goes on. We gotta see what happens. Um, Kershaw, he, he's definitely beatable. Um, he only has one postseason win of his career. One. Now you're talking about arguably the best pitcher in the game, and he has one postseason win. And he's been in the series. He's been in the playoffs a lot. So he has to. He has to come out there and prove to his fans and his fan base and his organization and his that he's a big time pitcher. If he falters, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Not saying the regular season they're not going to cut him or try to trade him or not, but you're going to go into if he loses this this first game and he has to pitch a second game if we go to a game 4 or game 5 and he has to pitch, oh man, uh, you're going to have confidence in him at that point. If you're a Dodger fan and your best pitcher just laid an egg his first game and you're coming off of this and you're going into it. And now you're in game four, maybe a do or die game. Maybe it's the last game of your season. And you have this man up there. Is he going to, is he going to deliver for you? Will he deliver for you? The Grom cool and collective, man. Cool and collective his whole career. And a rookie of the year. He was a converted infielder. I mean, this guy is, this guy is amazing. If you don't think so, uh, you got to get your head checked because this guy's great. You got the whole hair thing, you know. Sure, we'll, sure maybe we'll see some uh, some uh, the Grom wigs out in the on the park when they play home. See something like that. He just got to go out and pitch his game, though. Granky's gonna be, Granky's gonna be tough. Um, 
he's he's a good pitcher. He play he's been playing and pitching out of his head um, this whole year. If I had to take a, a number two starter on my team, which he's probably the number one uh, aside from his ERA and you know his WHIP and everything, he's probably the number one. But for the last, I'd say about sixty days, um, Kershaw has been the better pitcher, and, and and rightfully so. Kershaw is a better pitcher. I mean. If you had to lay it on a line in a regular season and there was not a playoff contingency to the game, you want Kershaw out there. You know, he, he something about the playoffs when he gets surrounded is just, I don't know. He's just, he, maybe he can't handle the pressure. But a few people have been like that over the years. A few people can't handle the pressure. I mean, Barry Bonds used to lay goose eggs every year, year in and year out until his last year. Um, and then there's people like, uh, Gary Sheffield, or there's people like Carlos Beltran, who who just come alive in the playoffs and and you can't stop them. Uh, Yankee fans, no Yankee fans. Uh, Kevin Brown, how did he do? He, how did you guys? How did he do for you guys? You know, you you gotta we gotta weigh it in. I know we have a small sample size of, of Kershaw, and and we do, and we have an even smaller sample size of the Mets. So they're, they're going to start building their legacy tonight. Every pitcher, every player is going to start building their legacy. David Wright, yeah, he has somewhat of a legacy, I guess. But he wants to add to that. You know, Cespedes has something. I think he made it with the A's a couple years back. And I don't think he did that good in the playoffs with the A's. But if I remember correctly, I don't think he did. But, you know, you just got you just gotta play your game. It's all about how fundamentally playing baseball and how you're going to play it. Um, late, late start tonight. Cause on, you know, I think it's nine 25. Uh, we got to see how that goes. Um, Mets should be fine. Dodgers been playing that way all year. And that's about it. I mean, the, Terry Collins can't blow the game. Dom, you want Dom manually to blow the game, of course. And that's it. And game two, uh, Granky, you know, Syndergaard, yeah, you got to go with Granky in that. You got to take Granky. He's just a, he's just proven. Syndergaard's a baby. He's been a baby all year. I mean, he's he's had slip ups. He's not he's not you know a Degrom or, or Harvey right now. He pitches great. He does, but he's not a Degrom or Harvey. He's not lights out. I mean, even in some of the games where he's pitched great, he's he's had some fault slip ups. And and many pitchers do, you know. A lot of pitchers do. Ninety uh, percent of the pitchers in our league do, and you know it's not his fault. But now he's thrust into the number two spot. He's getting more pressure on him than needed, because you know what, your so-called number one can't do, can't 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 get it right. He can't get how to be a pro athlete right. He says his 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 idol is Derek Jeter. He wants to follow Derek Jeter's footsteps. He wants to be like Derek Jeter. Yet he's doing nothing, no steps towards what Derek Jeter did. He's he's too outspoken. He wants to be in the limelight. He's missing games. He's going to Ranger games. He's missing practice the other day. You know, I don't know. I, the practice, you have to make practice. I mean, high schoolers, colleges, my kids, when I coach football for my kids, they miss a practice. Guess what? Guess what happens? They don't start. And if they miss two practices, they don't play in the game. And that's teaching responsibility. He should have been taught this growing up throughout his whole life. Listen, 
People are relying on you. City, a city is relying on you. An entire fan base is relying on you right now. And you're going to sit there and say, you know what? I don't need you guys. I do what I want. I'm the star here. And it's kind of a slap in the face. Matt fans, right? You agree? 347-989-0635. You want to call and comment on the Met game? Um, Big game. We're talking about Harvey, Syndergaard, matchups, defense matchups. Defense, both teams. Both teams are are, are good, are good defensively. Uh, Like I said, you got to make sure the defense is crisp and clean here. Defense, I'm going to go with a tie. Uh, You know, defenses are hard to judge, especially in big game scenarios. You could be a great, great defensive player. Great. New and heist, you know. And then once that, once those lights turn on, and you're in the center stage, and your season is on the line. A trip to the World Series is on the line. And what happens? Ball hits off your glove. Overthrow a cutoff man. Throw it away into the stands. You know, it's, you know, hey, we're going to see what, we're going to see what kind of chemistry this this team is built on tonight. We're going to see what kind of makeup this team has. And we're going to go. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, parlay that into tomorrow and then to the next game. And then we're going to finally start seeing, and it's going to start coming together. It's going to sculpt us a picture of what, what kind of team the Mets are, what kind of playoff team the Mets are, see what kind of playoff team they are and see how they do and see where they go. You know, that's what we have to do. So tonight's a big game. Like I said, I'll be taking your calls all day. Um, We're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to do a little fantasy football preview. Uh, we can still talk about the Mets if you want. And then we're going to do a little bit of uh, football picks, see what my uh, favorite picks are for this week. Um, a little pack of picks, some over-unders. And uh, <clears throat> then we're going to preview the giant uh, 49er game on Sunday night. So it's going to be a good day. All right, stay tuned. Uh, let's 
go. Big week in fantasy. I know a lot of you guys play fantasy football. Um, I'm in a few leagues. I'm in like three leagues with my friends and, you know, <clears throat> something to pass the time. You know, like I don't have a busy enough schedule, but um, fantasy this year, uh, it's it's a kind of weird. You know, a lot of the players that have come through for you in the past, the Andre Johnsons, even though he had a big game last night, I know, um, Roddy White, you know, Frank Gores, they're starting to slow up a little bit. You know, they're starting to get that, get that, uh, the fatigue, the older fatigue of, of being in the NFL for too long. And and you know what? They're not producing anymore. The, the young guns are coming up. They're starting to come up and take over Dante Moncrief, you know, T.Y. Hilton's, uh, Julio Jones, Hankerson, uh, even the guy Harris from the uh, uh, Giants. You know, they're all going to start coming, and you're going to see a new wave of receivers and running backs come. The old wave is starting to get slowly pushed out, slowly pushed out, and the new wave is going to start coming back in, you know? And that's what you want. I mean, it's a it's a revolving cycle like that in the NFL. A lot of people, a lot of running backs, a lot of wide receivers, you know, they they overstay their welcomes. And when they overstay their welcomes, you know, you start drafting people in the uh, – early rounds, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, and you're expecting them to be the player they were in previous years. And it just doesn't happen like that. It, it doesn't. I mean, you got a whole new crop, a whole new crop coming up. And the 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 older receivers and running backs are just aren't doing it. Now, quarterback's a little different. Drew Brees still relevant. Peyton Manning's still relevant. You know, those guys are, are going to do it. Quarterbacks always have a longer longevity than everyone. And it, it's true. I mean, they, you know, they don't get hit as much, you know, they throw the ball. It all depends on arm wear and tear and, you know, whether they sustain a big hit, Joe Montana, that hit, you know, obviously that's going to do some damage. I mean, you know, it, it, it all happens. It all happens so quick and you cut up and you're just like, Oh, my career's over. And you know, it happens. So now you got a whole, whole different crop of quarterbacks. You got Matty Ice coming, Matt Ryan, um, to some of the quarterbacks that have been have been drafted in the last couple of years were great fantasy guys the first couple of years, RG3, you know, Russell Wilson. Now they're starting to slow up. RG3 is not even playing anymore. So, and, and those, those kind of scrambling quarterbacks got you a ton of points. Michael Vick used to get you a ton of points. Cam Newton still gets you a ton of, ton of points because Cam Newton can has pocket presence. He can stay in the pocket. And when he stays in the pocket and passes, he's a good quarterback. A lot of the other guys couldn't. Russell Wilson has a great arm, pinpoint accuracy, loves to throw on the run. Pocket presence, eh, you know, it's not bad, but it's not phenomenal. Not like a Tom Brady who's going to hit you on a slant route in your slot receiver and burn you short routes, burn you straight down the field at will. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. And that's why he's he's good. I mean, I had um, an argument with, with one of my fantasy guys last year. Oh, you took Tom Brady too early. Took Tom Brady too early? Yeah, you could have got him later on. Uh, no. No. He's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback. And I took him when I took him because I felt that he was the best at that position. Now, he did great, and he's doing great this year. Gronk, Edelman, I mean, he's making Edelman into a superstar. Another thing I got slack for this year, taking Edelman too early. And Edelman's putting up 30 every every week. And I just text the guy. Every, every time I look at my fantasy scores, I text the guy back. And I'm like, hey, what'd you say about Edelman again? Oh, you still got him too late. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't. I got him when I got him. And you know what? He's winning me games. 
All right. He's winning me games. And there's there's a lot of sleepers. A lot of sleepers that you could have took in the in the in the first round or first um draft when it was fourteen man draft, you know, Devonta Freeman. That guy's playing out of his mind right now. Out of his mind. You you picked him up at the draft and you look like, you know, a superstar right now. You're probably winning your fantasy league just from that pickup. He's doing great. Um, a couple of receivers, you know, the Jaguars receivers are actually not doing that bad. You know, they're not doing bad. Robinson and Hearns, the two Allens, you got to pick them up. You got to pick them up. You got, uh, you know, some quarterbacks that are iffy, had good years in the past. Joe Flacco, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's out now. He was having a great year, and now he's out. So now you got Michael Vick running the show there. I I don't know. You could, I would take him, put him on my bench, and if you're in trouble, you use him. Other than that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put my bag on the basket with him. Uh, 